Welcome to the Homeschool Reading Podcast. Today's episode is a Q&A session that was recorded live inside my Facebook group. If you have a question that you would like to hear me answer on the podcast, please send me an email at sarah at homeschoolingforhim.com. Enjoy the episode. I've got a question for you. How do homeschool moms like us, who don't have a master's degree in reading and 25 years of teaching experience, teach our kids how to read in a way that helps them become confident readers who love to read under the covers with a flashlight? Here you'll find simple tricks and practical tools for making reading easy and fun. My name is Sarah Miller, and welcome to the Homeschool Reading Podcast. Hey there, homeschool reading community. Welcome to this bonus Facebook Live video all about three things that you actually need to raise a confident reader in 2024. I am so excited to be here with you. It has been a little while since I've been able to go live in the group. And so I'm just really excited to be here today to talk about all things teaching your child how to read. Um, excited to be here with everybody and excited to talk about this topic today. I know that there's a lot of us in this group uh, where 2024 is going to be our year. We are going to be uh, teaching our kids how to read this year in our houses. And so I am just really excited to be able to share with you about how to really make that successful and uh, what you can do with your child um, to really make that work. So I'm not seeing this post. Where is it? Let's see. Oh, here we go. All right. It looks like the technology is cooperating. So that is awesome. Good. So we can hop right on in. But yeah, let me know if you have questions in the comments. Um, yeah, Lindsay, I'm excited for you to watch the replay. I hope your appointment goes well. All right. So uh, three things that you actually need to raise a confident reader who loves books in 2024. I know that for a lot of us, this is our goal that we're working towards. And it's something that is happening in my house as well. So if you have been following along with my story, you know that my youngest uh, has been learning how to read and she was working through the Reading Better Together curriculum over the course of last school year into this school year. And we finished the curriculum. Uh, over the winter and so she is officially done with it now and it has been so much fun to just watch her reading skill and her abilities just take off and it's been fun to see her pride in her ability to read and just to be able to watch that spark on her face when she is able to look at a book for herself when she's able to read a favorite story to herself or even just when we're out and about and she's able to read things in our environment yesterday I was driving her home uh, from a class that she had attended and as we were driving along in the car she was reading all of the road signs to me and the business signs as that we were driving past and she was just so proud and so excited that she could read those for herself and so I'm so excited that this is going to be the year for so many of us in the community uh, that we're going to be experiencing that that excitement and that joy with our kids too it is such a blessing to be able to do that and to be able to watch as our kids as the light bulb turns on as our kids really start to get it and so this is what we get to experience as homeschool parents who are teaching our kids at home and I'm just really excited for us as a community to be able to do this together in 2024. 
Okay, so three things that you actually need to raise a confident reader who loves books. The first one is commitment. And I know that this is not a popular thing for us as homeschool parents because we're so busy and we have so many things on our plates. But the reality is, I have to tell you it straight, you need to be committed to this process. That commitment looks like practicing reading with your child every day or almost every day on a daily basis. This is so important because learning to read is a skill and it's one that takes time and that develops with repetition. And so it's so important when we're teaching our kids to read that we are going through the process of giving them the repetitions so that they will be able to be successful and remember these skills from day to day and build them up over time. This is just like, think about it as if you were training for an athletic event. Maybe you're gonna be in the Olympics that are happening this summer, or maybe you're training for like a running thing. Um, a couple of summers ago, I did a running race. And in order to participate in that event, I had to train for running uh, most days, almost every day. And so I had a plan that I was following and there were certain uh, amounts of running that I had to do on different days. and. And over time, I was building up stamina and strength to be able to run the entire length of this race. And uh, when we're teaching our kids to read, it's a very similar process. We can't just go out there once a week or once every couple of weeks and practice reading and expect them to have skills in the same way that like a marathon runner, for example, would not just go out and run once a week for two hours and then be able to run a marathon. It's something where you have to practice every day, build those skills every day. And as those skills continue to grow and develop, then you will develop the ability to be able to read for longer, to practice for longer, and to be able to read more uh, fluently as well. When I was in high school, I was a part of the band at school, and we were supposed to practice our instruments at home every day as well. And our teacher had a really funny saying. He would say, only practice your instrument on days that you eat. Only practice your instrument on days that you eat. And I thought that that was just a great saying and just really encapsulated this idea of commitment. You're only gonna do it on days when you eat. That's every day, right? You eat every day. You wouldn't have a day where you don't eat. And the same needs to be true with reading as we're teaching our kids. We're only gonna work on reading with them on days that we eat. So every day, it's important every day. So I know what a lot of us are thinking because as a busy homeschool parent that has a lot on your plate, this is really hard. It's really hard to stay committed. I know I've been there and I can relate. It's really hard. But there's a couple of things that are working in our advantage when it comes to teaching our kids to read. And the first is that these reading lessons that we're now committing to on a daily basis can and should be really short. I recommend that you don't practice reading with your child for more than about five to 10 minutes at a time, especially when you're first starting out. And the reason for that is just like your runner who's training for the race needs to build endurance by starting slow and running for just a little while at a time. And then over time, they can build up to being able to run for an hour or so. The same is true with your child. They need to start with reading just a little bit at a time because they're gonna get just 
just as tired by that process of reading as that runner does by the process of running. So when we're teaching our kids to read and we start with those really small lessons, we're helping our kids be able to build up the stamina and the endurance that they need to be able to read for a longer period of time in the future. In addition, and this is really key, when we're teaching our kids to read, um, the more that we make those sessions longer and longer and longer, the harder it is for our kids and the more frustrated they get. So if you have a child who is getting frustrated when they're reading, especially towards the end of those lessons, it's probably because you're asking them to do more than their attention span and their stamina can handle. And if we can take it slow and help our kids just a few minutes at a time, we can it contain that reading lesson within their attention span and within their abilities and their stamina, and that can be really helpful. Trisha says, love the quick win of feeling accomplished by reading a super short book. Yes, that's so true. Ah, uh, hi, Trisha. How are you? Um, yeah, I totally agree. And also books with chapters, I think are really awesome. My daughter has been getting into those now that she really has um, those reading skills and she is so excited that she can read the chapter book. So it's a big win for her because she feels like, oh, the book has chapters, I have arrived. And so that's really fun, but also it's great because you can break it up and after the end of the chapter, you can stop. Wonderful too. Yeah, the more frustrated mama can get too. Yeah, that is so true, Trisha. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think that comes from, at least for me, it comes from perfectionism. And it comes from creating the perfect lesson plan and feeling like I need to get done all of these items that I have planned, one through however many, we need to check them all off. And in order for this reading lesson to be successful, every single thing on my plan has to get done, darn it. And the thing is that when we're teaching our kids how to read, we cannot be that rigid because the reality is that a successful lesson is one where our kids learn something and where they have a positive experience with reading and with a book. And so if we're trying to push our agenda and our lesson plan to the point where it gets in the way of either them learning something or them having a positive experience with reading and with a book, that's where we start to get in trouble and that's where the train starts to fall off the track because our kids, uh, can, that frustration over time can start to compound and it can lead to attitude issues and resistance and struggles with reading and all of that can be prevented if we just keep these reading lessons short and keep them within our kids' attention span. So that is really, really important when we're teaching our kids to read. Another thing that can be really helpful with being consistent when we're teaching reading is to practice reading at the same time every day and in the same place. So we wanna set up this consistency for ourselves by creating a routine that we can duplicate over time. And the way that we do that is by being really consistent with the place where we're practicing, the time that we're practicing, and all of those little details around practicing reading. Over time, we can start to build a routine for ourselves that just starts to happen naturally. And this is the way that we eliminate a lot of those fights over getting started with reading. So if you tell your child that it's time to practice reading and their response to you looks like, ah, oh, can I just have five more minutes on my tablet? Or, oh, I don't want to right now 
or, oh, we didn't practice reading yesterday. Why don't we wait till tomorrow? Um, if you're getting a lot of that pushback from them, that's a sign that maybe this routine is not as dialed in as it could be. And adding on a routine like this that's really, really consistent can be so helpful in eliminating that, um, that pushback from them, that frustration, and even in having them help you remember the routine. So there are things in our day that we do every single day, and now my kids just do them automatically because they know, oh, after breakfast, the first thing we do is go and brush our teeth. And so I'm no longer spending my parenting energy, my mental capital, any of that, trying to get my kids to brush their teeth because they just go and do it every day after breakfast because it's what we do. And that's your goal with reading. You wanna make it be what we do so that your child is expecting it, they know when it's coming, and they know that it's a part of their routine every day. The seeming backslide of kiddo who could read a word one day and then not the next day. I would get so frustrated because I didn't really understand how much practice they needed with the same words. Oh my gosh, yes, Trisha, yes. You are so not alone in that. There are so many parents who have told me that exact same thing about being able to read a word one day and then not the next. And I wanna talk about like the why of why that happens um, in terms of like education and brain stuff in a minute. But yeah, part of it is definitely tied to the routine. And if we're not consistent day to day, then our kids are not remembering these things that we taught them, you know, last week or whatever. Review is so important. And if you ask ask anybody who has been a teacher um, in a context outside of homeschool, they will tell you that. That's one of the things that we learn when we go off to like teacher college or whatever is the importance of review and of structuring lessons so that kids have really consistent review. And a lot of times when our kids are struggling with reading, it's because there isn't enough review in what we're doing. So once we've learned something, we need to keep going back and reviewing it over and over. And it's so much easier to do that when we're being consistent. And when when we're teaching um, reading on a daily basis with this consistency. So finding the same time every day, finding the same place, adding it into your routine will really, really help with that consistency and keeping your lesson short will really help with that consistency as well. Okay, so we are talking about the three things that you actually need to do to raise a confident reader who loves books this year. And we talked about commitment and being committed to teaching every day. Another thing that I think is really important is using the right method. And I feel like this is something that is not talked about a lot or not talked about enough because there are definitely right ways to teach your child to read and there are ways that are much harder or that don't work with the way your child's brain learns and the way your child's brain reads. And the sad thing for us as homeschool parents is that these different methods, the right methods and the wrong methods are marketed to us as equally valid, as equally successful and are marketed specifically to us as homeschool parents as things that will work in our homeschool. And the sad truth of the reality is that there are some things that will work and there are a lot of things that will not work, especially for certain kids. And so I just kind of wanted to run down the gamut of a few things that don't work or that don't work for all kids and uh, go through those so that you know what to look for when you're looking for resources to help your child learn how to read because there are definitely some that are better than others. And so when you're out there on Pinterest or looking for free things or considering a curriculum to choose, there are definitely some things that you want to keep in mind. 
Okay, so first thing that does not work is gonna be just reading to your child or having them learn through osmosis. The research says that this works for less than 10% of all kids. So 90% of kids out there are going to need some sort of actual reading lessons from you where you sit down and you help them learn how to read. They're not gonna be able to learn how to read just by you reading to them. Now I feel like all of us know somebody, maybe that like annoying neighbor or like your mother-in-law's friend's friend's friend who their little child, their little angel just like sat down one day and all of a sudden they could read. And they usually tell us that right after we get done telling them about the struggles that we've had with our child and just how frustrating it is that they still don't get it even though we've taught the, the thing a hundred times and they don't remember and we don't know what to do and we're stuck and we're frustrated and they're like, oh, well, my child just learned all on their own. And you're like, okay, well, great for you, right? Let me know in the comments if you know that person. Uh, maybe you are that person, and if you are, that is awesome, and I'm really happy for you, and just know that that child is like a special unicorn um, because there are not very many of them that do that. And the reality is that most kids are gonna need some level of reading lessons from us. Uh, the research says that there's sort of a continuum, so about 10% of kids will need very little or not a lot at all. Um, um, there's a whole bunch that are going to need some really good practice and then there's some that are going to need really targeted practice with lots of review and it depends just on who your child is which one it's going to be and the thing is that being in a family with other kids who are readers is not necessarily predictive of what's going to happen with your child so you might have different kids that fall at different places on the continuum the learn to read journey looks different for every child and even within a family looks different for every child and that's totally normal and totally okay so just because your oldest learned how to read when they were four um, doesn't mean that your other kids will just because your oldest struggled with reading doesn't mean that your other kids will. So every kid gets their own experience and it's probably going to be different for each one. In the case of the kids who do learn how to read on their own, in most cases from what I've seen and heard, it seems like the parents did something. They may or may not have realized it, but they actually did something to help their child learn in that case. But that can't possibly be true for all people. Because if you think about it, what about the people in the world who are illiterate, right? We know that there are people in this world who actually cannot read. And if just being read to, just being around the language was enough, there, that wouldn't be the case, right? So we know that just reading to our kids, reading, learning through osmosis, it, it, it doesn't work. It really doesn't for most kids. Okay, another thing that really doesn't work very well is flashcards. So uh, the ones where you're taking the words, you write the word on the flashcard, you have your child look at the flashcard, they memorize the flashcard. And then like Trisha was saying, um, the kiddo who could read a word one day and then not read it the next way. That's why this happens. It's because when our brain stores words that we've learned or that we've read, we actually store those words as a collection of sounds, not as a word. So even as an adult, even as a fluent reader, when you read words on a page, you are not reading the whole word. You're actually taking the word, breaking it apart into its individual sounds, combining those sounds together in your head, 
and then recognizing the word. And it just, it happens so fast that we aren't aware of it consciously, but it does happen. That's why you can read words where the letters are written all funny in strange like combinations. It's why you can read words when somebody writes it in really super messy handwriting or when they write it in one of those weird fonts like capital lowercase, capital lowercase, or like those weird looking fonts because we don't memorize what the words look like. We don't memorize them by their shape. We memorize that combination of sounds and we read the combination of sounds. And that is so important because when we're teaching our kids, we need to be teaching them the sounds and not the whole words. When we teach our kids to memorize words on flashcards, we're actually using the opposite half of their brain from the one that they use when they're reading. And so it takes a lot longer and it's not helping them to develop the reading skills that they need. The research says that when we are asking kids to memorize whole words off of flashcards, it can take up to 500 repetitions per word. That is a lot. So I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't have time to sit there and do a flashcard 500 times so that my child can learn one word. So that's why I'm excited about and um, just really grateful for phonics and for being able to learn words by sounds because it's so much faster once our kids get the skills and they can apply those skills to other words without having to do the 500 repetition thing. Um, in addition, when we're learning those flashcards, it, it, if we aren't up to the 500 repetitions or however many our kids need to be able to read that word, then they're more likely to forget that thing. So have you ever had one of those school experiences where you had to take a test and like the night before the test, you did all the cramming, right? You memorized all the facts and all the things and all the stuff. And then the next day you spit it all out on the test and then you probably forgot all of it, right? That is the process that we're putting our kids through when we're having them memorize words on flashcards. We are going through the process of having them basically cram the words and then they're likely to forget them the next day and then they'll recram and then they probably are going to forget most of it the next day and then recram. And so they're going through that process when they're learning. Trisha says, my sister and I were both that child who just started reading on our own. My kiddos are all across the spectrum of barely needed anything to needed a lot of intervention and was well into elementary school before she was fluent. It was an eye opener for understanding how very different kiddos learn. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. And it's so true. So every every person has their own reading journey and it's different for every single one of us. And so that doesn't surprise me at all that everybody, everybody was different in your family and all your kiddos were different. Um, that is very, very common for families to have kids with all different levels of, of needs in terms of learning to read across the different kids. So that's, that's really cool. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely an eye over. And it's challenging for us as parents too, I think, because we feel like we get it down with the first kid. We're like, okay, we taught the first kid this way and they learned it and now we're good to go. And now we just repeat across all the kids. And that is not how it works as a homeschool parent. And so that's why it's important to make sure that you have support as you're going through this process, because it, it will look different for every child. And just because you've taught one to read doesn't necessarily mean that the subsequent kids are going to learn the same way or, um, it along the same timeline. Yeah, for sure. 
That's also why um, people will ask me a lot, what age should my child be when, when they start learning to read? And the answer is that there's not an age because just like kids learn at different, um, they need different amounts of support and they learn at different speeds, they also are ready to start at different ages. So the research says usually kids will be ready to learn somewhere between ages three and seven, but there are also kids who learn to read before three and also after seven. And so um, there's because there's such a wide span there, it's really important to look for those signs that your child is ready to read rather than just relying on those age ranges. Yeah. Okay. So flashcards, uh, the memorize and forget method uh, really does not work when we're teaching our kids to read. Another thing that really doesn't work very well is memorizing sight words. So this is really popular because it gives kids a quick win because once they know that sight word, they will be able to recognize it in the future when they see it in books and stuff. Um, and a lot of times they'll choose the words for those sight word lists based on the most common words that kids are most likely to see. And so when kids are memorizing these words, Words, they will be able to have some early success because they'll see them a lot in books and they'll be a faster reader and that's great but again we're not equipping them with strategies to be able to sound out and read new words on their own. Another thing that really doesn't work very well for kids that are learning to read is those easy reader books, the kind that encourage kids to guess. So it has a really big picture on the top of the page and then underneath there's like three words and the words are repetitive in every uh, every story except for the one that's related to the picture. So there's a picture of like a box and then it says like uh, this is a box and then on the next one this is a chair and there's a picture of a chair and then this is a couch and there's a picture of a couch. I don't know. Um, but you know what I'm talking about, right? So they've got a big picture on the top, repetitive text on the bottom, and then one word that's different. Um, if you look at book leveling systems, you'll find those leveled like A through about D in the book leveling system. And those books are dangerous because they not only don't teach our kids how to read, but they also are teaching our kids how to guess. And once your kid figures out that guessing is a reading strategy, then it's really, really hard to unteach them that. So I'm working with some parents right now who are going through Reading Better Together who had previously used something else, and we're going through this process of having to unteach their kids that guess is a reading strategy and it's very easy for kids to figure out and start trying to guess as a reading strategy and it's very hard to unteach that once kids are used to that process and so those books and those kinds of things that encourage kids to guess really 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 need to be avoided because we don't want our kids to be doing that as a reading strategy and this is actually what they're doing in a lot of the public schools right now um, they're using strategy, guessing strategies basically is what they're teaching the kids. They call it three queuing. Sometimes you might've heard it by that name. Um, and a lot of the schools are doing this because it works really well at first. So when you start out with this strategy and you have those books that say, you know, the cat is in the house, the cat is on the grass, the cat is in the, you know, the whatever, uh, the sidewalk or they wouldn't say sidewalk, but the cat is, and you know, and there's just pictures of the cat in all different locations. That gives the kids a really great quick win and they feel like they're reading and they have a lot of initial success and they might even learn the word cat, maybe, I don't know, maybe not. Um, but the thing is that 
These strategies do not work when kids get older, when the texts get more difficult, when the pictures that give away all the answers go away. And so when you are teaching in a school where you only have the kids for nine months of the year and then there's someone else's problem, choosing like following these reading strategies that give like these quick wins and make the kids think that they're reading and all that stuff and really they're guessing, um, that really works because in your grade, they can do it. And then when they move on to the older grades, it all falls apart and then the kids really start to struggle. Um, and there are a lot of kids in a lot of schools right now that are experiencing that and parents are going through that with their kids, trying to figure out how to get them to learn now that they have learned to guess and also not learn to read, not learn to sound out words and be able to decode them. And so they get to those upper grades where they get to the challenging text and those guessing strategies that they have learned just don't work anymore. And so that's why it's really important to choose something that is gonna work for our kid over the long term. And I think that's one of the advantages that we have as well as homeschool parents, because we have the opportunity to really see it from a longer perspective. So we're not just trying to give our kids success for the next nine months so that they can do well on a test. We're trying to raise a human uh, from birth to adulthood and, and beyond. And so, we really look at reading differently, I think, than the schools do. And that really is an advantage to us because we need to choose a method that's going to work not only this week, but also three weeks from now and three years from now. And that method is phonics. So using the letter sounds, teaching our kids those, combining those sounds to make words, and then reading those words in the context of stories. And that's what I recommend for whenever you're teaching your child to read, starting with sounds, combining those sounds into words, and then reading them in the context of stories. And those three things together, sounds, words, stories, are really the key to raising a successful and confident reader who loves books because you're teaching them the strategies that they need to be able to be successful long-term. Asking our kids to memorize a series of words is kind of like that analogy uh, that you might have heard or that story about uh, teaching a man to fish. So there's this, this saying or story that goes, if you teach a man to fish, um, if you feed a man a fish, he'll have fish for a day. But if you teach him to fish, he'll have fish for a lifetime. So when we ask our kids to memorize a word, it's kind of like giving them fish for the day. They know that one word, maybe, if they've had enough repetitions to be able to uh, transfer that out of that short-term cramming memory and into long-term memory, they might. Um, and once they know that one word, but they don't have anything that they can apply to any other word that they see. And when we teach our kids sounds and how to combine those sounds into words, and then we read those words in the context of stories, we give our kids the skills and the tools that they need to be able to read not only that word, but also other words that they see. That's the teaching Amanda fish part of the story. We're teaching our kids to fish. We're teaching them how to take a new word that they see, one that we haven't taught them, and be able to read it on their own. This is what my daughter's doing. All of the practice that we've been putting in with phonics and with taking these sounds, recognizing the sounds, combining the sounds together is now starting to pay off as she is able to sound out and learn new words on her own without my help.
They call this the reading explosion and it usually happens uh, once kids have a really strong basis in phonics and in being able to recognize letter sounds and being able to sound out words. They, that process will start to build on itself as kids recognize similarities between words that they know and new words that they see and they're able to apply what they've learned to new words. And once kids start to do that, their reading level takes off. If you look at a chart of a child's reading level and you see this process happening, it kind of, it starts flat and then it takes off like that. Um, and that's what's happening with my daughter right now. It's so fun to see it. Um, and that's what is possible when we teach our kids the letter sounds and how to combine them together to make words. All right, so we talked about using the right method. We talked about how important it is to teach sounds and then words and then stories rather than asking our kids to memorize words or thinking that they're just gonna learn to read by osmosis. We also talked about commitment and how important it is to practice reading on a regular basis daily so that our kids can continue to build upon the skills that they learn. I think the last thing that really is important for us as we are teaching kids to read and really being successful with that is to have the right support. I think this is something that as homeschool parents we do not talk about enough because we think that we can just go it alone or we feel like we have to just go it alone because Often we are not a part of a community of other parents who are also homeschooling. Maybe some of us are, but those can be hard to find, especially if you're a new homeschooler. And we also feel like we have to be everything for all people all the time. I know that I feel that as well as a mom and as a parent um, and as a teacher that I need to be everything for my kids. And because I've chosen to homeschool, I often feel the pressure that everything that my kids need and every experience that they need to have and everything to make their education wonderful needs to come for me along with all of the other things that I'm doing, taking care of the house and, and all of those other things that are my responsibilities as well. I feel like that is a lot to bear as one, one human, one mom. Um, and I also feel like it's not necessary. So there are a lot of resources and a lot of places that you can go to get help and support on your homeschool journey and also on your reading journey with your child. This group is a great one. So I'm really excited that you're here because that means that you are seeking out help and support um, uh, on the process of teaching your child to read. And so I'm so excited about that. If you are watching this video or listening to this somewhere else and you're not a part of the group, the Homeschool Reading Community on Facebook is a great place to go to get started with uh, the process of teaching your child to read. And it's a group of all homeschool parents who are teaching reading right now. And we would love to have you be a part if you're not here. Okay, um, so it's really important to have a place where you can ask questions because as we've talked about already today, uh, the process of teaching a child to read looks a little bit different for everybody. And so that means if you are teaching subsequent siblings, younger siblings, um, chances are good their journey is gonna look different than any older kids who already can read. But it also means that every child's journey is gonna look a little bit different. So taking a curriculum out of the box and saying this is gonna work for my child uh, may or may not be true just because each child is different and so each child's needs are different. And so it's really important to be able to have somewhere that you can go and get support if you get stuck and be able to ask questions
questions about how to really customize the curriculum to work best for your child and what they need. And that's one of the things that I'm just so honored to be able to offer alongside of Reading Better Together is just support in the community and help for parents who are using the curriculum so that you do not have to feel like you're alone, but you always know that you have somewhere where you can go and ask questions and get support as you're working through um, anytime that you get stuck or anytime that you have a question. So I think that that's really important no matter what curriculum you're using, make sure that you find a somewhere that you can go and ask questions and get support. So important for us as homeschool parents. All right, so those were three things that you actually need to raise a confident reader who loves books in 2024. If you have a question about teaching your child to read, feel free to type that in the chat. I would love to answer some questions today as a part of our class. And if you are watching the replay, please feel free to type questions in the chat as well. I would love to um, come back and answer those or just type replay, say hey, and let me know that you were here. I'd love that as well. All right, so this was sort of an impromptu Facebook Live today, but I would like to get back to doing these more regularly. I am planning tentatively to be in the group again sometime next week to talk about reading and to answer questions. And so be on the lookout for an event invitation uh, so that you can come to that live as well. Um, also make sure that you have notifications turned on for the group. Um, you can go to the main page and just double check and make sure that you have uh, notifications set up so that you'll get notified when new events like this happen. All right, I am not seeing any additional questions. So I think with that, we're going to go ahead and end, but I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your week. And again, if there are any questions as you're watching the replay, go ahead and type those in the chat. Um, tag me and I will be back throughout the week to answer those. All right, thank you so much, everybody. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode, which was recorded live in the Homeschool Reading Community Group. This is a free Facebook group where I share tips and advice about homeschooling and teaching reading. You'll also find community with other homeschool moms like you, plus freebies, giveaways, parties, and more. I would love for you to join us over at the Homeschool Reading Community. Make sure you check out the link in the show notes for all the details. Thank you so much for listening to the Homeschool Reading Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. New episodes are coming out all the time, so please make sure that you hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the fun. I'll see you soon.